Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hello. How's it going? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Still dispatching from Greece, hanging out, learning oh, about one new word a week. So at this pace, I should be fluent in about 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have a brain oh. for languages. Yeah, you look. I can barely speak English. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, I mean, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, the mono. I mean, I'm monolingual. I was raised in a one language sort of uh, environment, and it is. It's totally different. People that I mm. know who, um, like, when I was living in Delhi, and they they speak like six or seven languages. It's just it's just insane, and they can kind of yeah. pick up new ones. Like they're picking up like a a new spring wardrobe. It's just wild. Yeah. It's wild. I've got a friend who's German, lives in Switzerland and speaks like fluent English. Like, and sometimes if you're on a um, video call and then her family come in and then she suddenly will just switch oh. immediately from English to, to German. I'm just like, I don't even know Isn't how to do amazing? that. amazing? Like, I, I can barely, barely, barely consider the word that I need next in English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without yeah. then suddenly switching. So yeah, yeah, I've got great admiration for people who can just kind of really switch it up and just have a real knack for learning languages mm-hmm. oh gosh totally yeah well um so yeah no i'm i'm trying to challenge my monolingual brain uh how so how is the springtime treating you what's been going on in jersey oh it's good yeah the it's just nice to see kind of some later later late nights and kind of get out and have a nice walk in the evening and things like that it's mm-hmm. just it makes such a difference doesn't it oh totally totally Oh, yeah, totally. yeah. That's so nice. And today, finally, do you remember I was complaining about my the desk, desk order? Yes. yes. Finally arrived today. No. Are you dispatching from the desk right, right, right now? No. I need to put the desk together now. Oh. <laughs> so that's on my list of jobs oh, this fantastic. week now, which I wasn't, wasn't quite bargaining on doing that. But anyway, oh. so yes, I will need to sort this out. Oh, fantastic. You know, I so, yeah. I was only fully... four, four and a half months late. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I thought it was a scam for sure. I was like, this is like the, <laughs> like the, you know, we yeah. have four million pounds in your name let, be- bequeathed to you by this <laughs> prince from some fabulous country. If only you'll send oh, us a check for $5,000. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear oh. it. Congratulations. So yes, I'm the proud owner of a new desk and next time we record, hopefully it'll be set up and running and be good to go. Very good. I'm excited. Yes, awesome. me too. Okay, well, maybe this is one of our last relationship news correspondence on the old desk. So yeah, I think it might be. Give it to it me straight. Be. What's going on? Okay, today's news. I'm going to share with you the modern trends of divorce that we need to be aware of. Oh, God. Oh, geez. Okay. Everything has to have a trend. Okay. It does have to have a trend, (laughs) (laughs) including divorces. All right. So the first one is everything's being done online. Oh, I will admit that I totally did an online divorce. Yeah. Yeah, Everything, everything. Ah. Well, I mean... (laughs) It's got a lot more convenience about it, hasn't it? <laughs> it do- it does. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm feeling a little shy to, to admit this, but yeah, like, yeah. especially if you're uncontested and there's no mm. disagreement or, uh, you know, acrimony or difficult yeah. division of assets or children, like it's kind of like a drive through. I mean, no, I mean, that sounds terrible. Like it, it, like it did not take away the sting of the grief loss feeling of absolute yeah. utter failure and sometimes regret mm. like none of that stuff is yeah. bypassed by doing your divorce online but and the emotion that comes with it is going to be there isn't it no matter how you process it or what you do but I guess in some ways actually at least kind of knowing because you know the majority of us don't do this kind of every week you're not there kind of getting a divorce all the time so you don't know the process it's like anything kind of new or maybe you have been married before and you've been divorced and you're getting divorced again but you you know there's been a time lapse and mm. you can't quite remember what order things come in so I guess there's a bit of surety mm. to doing something processing something online in that you are following a kind of process and a steps and it's asking you for the information that you need so I guess with that it is kind of taking away some of the pain points of getting divorced so you can focus on some of those kind of more emotional sides and the self-care and kind of really just focusing on kind of giving you know tuning into who you are and what you need at that moment mm. because I'm not worrying about all this paperwork that I've got to sort out or what process court am I dates, following having yeah. to go down to the court and get an appointment yeah. yeah yeah so I would imagine from that perspective it is actually kind of making something a bit easier but then it does mean that you can focus on some of the other aspects which as you say are tough yeah and hard yeah and not to be taken lightly oh good point yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, everything's happening online nowadays. So this does not surprise me. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, all right. The next one is the rise of the grey divorce. Oh. So we talked about the grey divorce oh. didn't we, recently. So yeah. um, I think it popped up in one of the relationship news. So this is about people who are kind of like, you know, over 50s are starting to kind of get divorced. And so there's a rise in the number of people who are kind of getting divorced later on in life. Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's fascinating, hey? It is, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The next one absolutely terrified the bejesus out of me. Oh, God, okay, okay. Not divorce parties. <laughs> And I wouldn't have like thought about this at all. So apparently if you are going through a divorce, you need to be really careful about what you comment on social media because it can be used against you. Oh my God. Of course. Exactly. exactly. Yes, of course. So yeah. So beware oh of those 2am late night ranting on social media when you wake up the next day, regret what you've written. Oh my gosh. It may still be there for oh. somebody to use against you. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That stings. It's harsh, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's harsh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so number four is the increase of birds nesting. Oh. And we're talking about yes. this one before as well. Oh so this is where the family themselves, so the kids don't leave the house, mm -hmm. the parents kind of move in and move out so mm -hmm. rather than um I guess in the past what would happen would be you'd kind of say right okay we are separating and we're going to get two different locations to live in and the kids will kind of shuttle between the locations this is saying no the kids stay put mm -hmm. and the family house stays intact and we get different accommodation and we as the parents move in and out but the kids have um continuity and they mm. stay exactly where they should be mm -hmm. Man, I just don't know. But anyways, yes, it is an increasing <laughs> trend. I just, oh my gosh. 
I think it would take a lot, right? Like I can't, I think I would personally struggle with that because I do very much like to have my own space, which is kind of my sanctuary. And I would kind of feel like I wouldn't have this. Mm-hmm. But then I can, you know, I, I guess like anything, don't knock it till you've tried it as well. So mm-hmm. I'm just really concerned that it doesn't allow couples to move on or mm. individuals to move on. I think it's really important to be able yeah. to start to look at what's next in your life. Because yeah, of course, like, like the kids are absolutely the most important thing coming through this. And you want to create a an environment that is um, safe, I, I guess I just kind of say, well, for the parents or the people who are co parenting in separate homes, where kids shuttles, you know, different places mm. every week, like, is that if it's a nice arrangement and there's good boundaries around it and there's healthy communication that thinks of the children first, like, is it shuttling homes that's the disruptive thing to their lives? Um, so I don't know. I just... Yeah, and I think it's different for every family, right? Like, I mean, my kids got to a certain age where they were just like, do you know what? I don't think I really want to move in between houses anymore. And they're of an age where they could make that decision. Mm. Um, so that kind of, you know... In some ways, it's a bit self-leveling. At some point, it will just level itself out. But, you know, all situations are different and we need to, everyone's got to make the choices that are right for them. Mm -hmm. That's their circumstances and their individual, you know, children Mm -hmm. and their needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, tricky, tricky topics. Absolutely. And then the fifth one, I think this kind of saddens me a bit, but I can see why we've got them, is um, the rise of co-parenting apps. Yes. Oh, my very lovely friend requires it because yes, her ex-partner uh, is um, a disaster. And, and for yeah. her safety, uh, she has to use an app so that there's no contact, that yeah. drop-offs are going on and the pickup yeah. is going on and nobody, it's ships passing in the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's no mm. messages. It's just on the app. Absolutely. Mm. What do you, yeah. What's your take on these? So I, I, th- I always just think it's sad when people can't have the, you know, have a relationship. And I get, and I get there are certain situations where it's just not possible. So it, and, and then I think, brilliant. Okay, you've got something else that you can use. But I think my default position would always be to try and maintain some sort of conversation communication around the children because it doesn't go away like Mm. mine are you know late teens early 20s and Mm -hmm. it doesn't doesn't change really Mm -hmm. you maybe have slightly less communication now but yeah yeah you've still got to you know you've still got finances to talk about you've still got things that the kids would never be involved in those discussions yeah so you've still got kind of all of that to do but I I get that every situation is different and so some people this would be the only their only kind of life like that's the only way that they could do it mm, yeah yeah so I think in this I mean of course for safety and if you've got a manipulative mm. ex-partner that is something that gives you a safety boundary for sure um but uh in lieu of that maybe just ask yourself is there a way that just kind of upping the maturity dial on the communication could that achieve the same result yeah because yeah. it is true. And I've heard people say, like, they will always be in my life, that my yeah. ex-partner will always be like we share kids together. Yeah, yeah, they will. Oof. All right. Well, that's a list. That's a bit heavy. Long- longest relationship I've ever had. <laughs> yes, yes. Because <laughs> you're still having the relationship in yeah. some shape or form. Yeah, yeah. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's sobering, but necessary, so, right? T- times are changing. Oh, my God. Totally. <laughs> totally. As ever. As ever. 
Okay, well, thank you to the correspondence desk. I hope that the new desk is going to be just as fiery and keep us on our toes. Give us a bit of thought-provoking material to munch on. Yeah, let's see what the new desk can deliver. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let us slide to a hot topic, madame. All right, let's go. Okay. boundaries versus requests oh i love this what a sweet segue from our last if you missed last week we got into like the fundamentals of boundaries like what's a boundary uh so go back listen to our last episode and then come back to us today and tune on in yes requests versus boundaries again you know similar to kind of what was in last week it's it's really good to just kind of discuss some of these items isn't it because unless we really sit down and think about well actually am I making a request or am I setting a boundary Mm. we're not going to necessarily know the difference between the two are we yes so here's where the thing of non-negotiable and negotiable comes in because by definition like going back like the boundary has to be a solid boundary for that period of time and for that particular circumstance that person that relationship that period of time for now I need you to be, you know, to, to meet this bar or not do that or do that. Uh, always. Um, it's not kind of like a nice to have, it's a need to have. Mm. So that's, that's how I like the, the definition, a boundary has to be a solid wall, if that makes any sense. Otherwise, if there's exceptions and like, oh, well, you don't have Mm. to do it, then it's not a boundary. Yeah. 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 Okay. So a request. Okay. Well, tell us about like how the confusion can actually end up undermining everything. Well, I think in what you're just saying there, a boundary has to have, you know, it has to be kind of firm and it's in place and it's, you know, we're really clear about that. If we then still accept the behavior, then then it's not really a solid boundary because we're kind of saying like, look, I've, I've said this, but you're not doing anything about it and I'm not going to, I'm not holding you to account. I'm not kind of pulling you up on that. Then really was it is it a firm boundary in the first place probably not Mm -hmm. I think where we've got a difference is if I'm setting a request I'm asking you to do something and I've got no control over whether you're going to do it or not I'm just making a request and I'm hoping that you're going to say yeah all right then I can do that um but you may you may say well actually no that's not something I can do Mm. whereas if I'm making a if I'm setting a boundary I'm saying this is kind of for me, this is what I need or this is how I need things to be. Mm-hmm. So it's it's completely different to if I'm just asking you, well, could you? Mm. Ah, okay, okay. You've got it. You've got it. Okay. So what's one, run us through like something that's the same, that's the same need. It's the same, you know, you have the same mm. need and you're going to phrase it as a request and then you phrase it as sort of like setting a boundary. How does the yeah. language shift? If, if I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a few examples we can run through and it's really useful, I think, just to think about this with in some specific situations mm-hmm. so that we can really kind of wrap our head around it because otherwise it's kind of, it still feels a bit confusing, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, let's use the analogy of kind of, you know, the, the dishes or cleaning up after dinner. Mm. So, you know, if I'm making a request, I'm going to say to my partner, um, do you know, what, I'd really like it if you cleaned up a bit more after dinner. Mm. Mm. So I've I've asked you a question. I've asked mm. you to do something. I've kind of this is kind of what I want to do, mm-hmm. um, but I'm putting the ball in your court there because you mm. will either agree to that or not agree to it. 
and then I've got no control over what happens and I'm still in a position where if it if the request isn't met then actually am I then you know I'm the one that's feeling upset and hurt and mm. because I raised it for a reason mm-hmm. um so it's that that type of example now if I'm setting a boundary I would say something like um do you know what when I'm the one that's cooked dinner um I really need you to be the one that then um cleans up after dinner because mm. that feels fair to me ah oh, love it okay so there's no uncertain terms. There's a clear, like, I need you to clean up after dinner. So there's like, it's time yeah. bound. I'm, I'm, I'm clear yeah. on what I need to do, when I need to do it, and yeah. why. And yeah. what you've, lovely thing is you put in your value, which is like, don't F with my values. Fairness. Yeah. If you know me, fairness is a value. And this yeah. is what makes it important. Mm-hmm. So it's like another example would be, um, you know, if you're having an argument, some people are really fiery, aren't they? <laughs> and so they've got no problem whatsoever at all, raising voices and getting quite vocal um and that for them wouldn't be an issue if you're the type of person that actually that really upsets you and you don't want to be in a kind of an an argument where somebody starts to raise a voice then a request would be you know i'd really prefer if you didn't raise your voice when we're having an argument Mm -hmm. so that's a request i'm asking you to do something again it's up to you whether you do it or not Mm. but you know i'm still left in that position where I'm not happy about that situation. I've raised it, but I've not set a firm boundary. Mm. Now, if I set a firm boundary, it would be, I'm not going to carry on having this conversation until you lower your voice. Ah. So I'm really, really specific there about what I want. Mm. And and then there's a, with a boundary, there needs to be some sort of action or consequence. Mm. So you need to follow through on that. So if the other person then didn't um, lower their voice, you say, okay, I've just explained to you. So I'm going to leave the room right now. And I'll come back in five minutes. Ah, and see if we can continue the conversation. So we're we're putting it clear. Yeah. That's like a really firm kind of statement, isn't it? About what I want, what I'm going to do, and what I'm expecting of you. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. So you can see how people mean to set a boundary, but they actually mm. just state a request. I think that's yeah. right. That's the biggest um, slippery slope that. Um, we do because we're scared to set a boundary because a boundary, like the words sound harsh, right? Like, oh my God, that's like really, it sounds like over the top. Yeah. And you, you know, you may choose to actually just kind of use the request as a, as a bit of a warm because that may be all you need in that situation. Ah, yeah. So it may be that I kind of start with a request, you know, look, I'd, re- I'd really prefer it if you just did the dishes a bit more after dinner. Like mm-hmm. I do feel like I'm cooking a lot and it would be really great if you would do the cleaning up. So I don't feel like I have to. So you can make that request if then the request isn't met and you're still in a situation where it's still upsetting you and it still feels like it's unfair or, you know, whatever emotion's going on for you, you can then move on to a bit of a boundary, which mm-hmm. is then kind of, right, okay, that didn't quite work last time. So I just want, I want to be really clear now mm-hmm. that this is an issue for me. So, you know, unless you can do your, your share of cleaning up, then, you know, I'm not really, I'm not prepared to carry on cooking every mm-hmm. night. Because that just doesn't feel right to me. Mm-hmm. So we can start to kind of, you know, we could use the situation um, and we might use a request as a bit of a stepping stone to get to a boundary mm. if we then need to set one. Because a request might be all you need. Mm. Okay. Okay. That's nice. I, I think sometimes yeah. when things are popularized so much, and I don't know, mm. like, I think I'm kind of hypersensitive to it because of the field that we work in. You kind of, you see stuff more, don't you? Mm-hmm. And, um, but when things are kind of over popularized, it can be quite, 
difficult to to think oh well I must be setting boundaries if I'm not setting boundaries then I'm not like you know I'm not a fully functioning adult uh-huh. but in you know in some cases you may not need them not everybody needs to set firm boundaries around everything that we have in, in our life we need to look at the areas where we have got challenges where we feel upset where we where there's a more emotional charge and that's when we need to kind of look at it and say, okay, what's needed in this moment? Mm. How do I get beyond this? How do I get past it? And it might be that a boundary is one of those. It might be a request. You know, we've got multiple kind of tools. It might be that actually I just need to work through it in my own mind. So I'm going to use a bit of reflection. Oh. You know, in life, we've got all of these different tools that we can draw upon to help us to get to where we want to be and to the things that make us more happier. Ah, oh, very true. Because... Correct. A a boundary is where my values are being trodden upon. I'm feeling anxious, controlled, or out of control, Mm. angry, Mm. resentful. So I need to set a boundary so somebody doesn't keep unintentionally or intentionally manipulating or overtreading on me so we can have a functional relationship. Or it's a request to be like, you're kind of pissing me off, stop it. Or I'd (laughs) like it if you would. That's kind of a warning shot. And then there's the possibility of like, man, I've asked them to do the dishes. I kind of want fairness. Fairness is like really important, but I'm kind of noticing that the dishes aren't getting done. But you know what I also notice is that they're cooking every night and I'm not. So maybe that's Mm. me shifting my expectations to say, it's all right if I do the dishes and they cook. And I guess, you know, reality being, do I want to die on this hill or will I compromise and shift my expectations? So yeah, that's absolutely another tool for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess the step after that is, is you know, you, you build in some sort of ultimatum. If things get so mm. kind of beyond and, you know, hopefully this isn't just about the dishes, but there'd be lots of things. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, if we're so at that position where we're just like, no, do you know, I can't, I really cannot take this any longer, mm. then, you know, that's when the ultimatum comes in. Mm. And that really is a kind of hard, it's a, they saw that option. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's nice to see that a request uh, doesn't necessarily need to be a weaker boundary and unintended fail at a boundary set, but it can actually be a really great tool for the things that you're like, kind of pisses me off, would like it if you didn't have to do that, but it hasn't reached the level of violating a value of mine yet. Yeah. 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 And I think the other thing I'd say just on this topic as well, that's really key is how we position these things with our partners. And it could be, you know, it might not just be your partner, it could be your friend, your boss, your mother, your sister, your auntie, your uncle, whoever. How you position it is key to actually then having that request met or that boundary honoured. Because what we don't want is to position it in such a way that the other person feels like they've got no choice but to come out fighting mm. and defend and to kind of deflect in that in that moment. Ah, yes. Right, right, right. So I think there's a bit of art and um, kindness when we come to deliver some of these things. Which, and it gets to those two in the morning emails that you talked about, like that's where we have to to check our reaction and let things sit and emotionally regulate ourselves to be able to get to the response. Yeah. Because it's one thing to be like, just be kind and so forth. And yes, but like our initial reaction when we're triggered is going to be one of like being pissy and angry and dick energy because we want we're triggered we're feeling uncomfortable and we want our partner to feel the same degree of discomfort that we do i'm hurting and i want you to hurt too yeah or i want to demonstrate how much i'm hurting so that you know how like what you have done to me you know what this is this is how we think and feel anyway 
the reality is that we need to deal with whatever it is that's going on. Yeah, that's true. Damn. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Being an adult. Ah! I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, man. More bad news. <laughs> Tell me about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's helpful. That's helpful. And and it is true. Mm. A, a boundary is like a, a hammer. It's, a, it's like a mallet, right? Where a request is more like a it's a it's a gentler tool it's like a scalpel it, mm. it, it's not as heavy and strong but if it's what it's needed it can do just what is needed without causing damage to other structures yeah appealing to the surgeons out there mm-hmm. <laughs> don't hire an orthopedic surgeon when a plastic surgeon is what you need i genuinely don't think i could be a surgeon you know there are some jobs where i just think i couldn't do that well, I just I couldn't. I love the dexterity, <laughs> and I love doing exacting work work with my hands. I remember being really very excited about, especially not not big, huge surgeries like the big gen surge abdominal things, mm. but like the little skin surgery. So I think I would have loved that. But I'm actually terribly squeamish, so I had to mm. I learn techniques to not faint in the OR when I was uh, going through training because I am a huge fainter. Yeah. And yes, kids. Oh. Don't let that stop you to go into medical school. <laughs> you too can be a fainter with blood and uh, still make it through. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not very good with blood. I'm not very good with other people's blood or my own blood. I <laughs> uh, just, yeah, I just, I don't think I could do it. Oh, I like, hear you. You know, when they're doing operations on TV, oh. I literally have to look away from the screen. Cannot, Me too. Cannot, cannot watch it. Me too. I have to look I don't away know from how the screen. You became a doctor. I know. <laughs> this is crazy I talk. No, no, no. I know. I mean, I'm so squeamish. I have to look away. Yeah, it's crazy. Um. Yeah. But hey, um, but you know, to be honest, I actually like it because it feel like I feel like if you're not squeamish of blood, I'm like, is part of your humanity missing? I like my sensitive. I like being very sensitive. It overall mm. serves me. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't serve me if I were in the OR needing to stay conscious. That actually has no. actually been an issue. So would not save your face your patient either. No, that's why I do family medicine and reproductive health. Yes. Exactly. Uh, well, our, we've learned something new about each other today. Yeah, there you go, Sarah. We are more aligned. We both like our tea in the morning and we both do not yeah, like blood. We're bonding over our squeamishness. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Oh. Right, but before we get back off track and start talking about something else, yeah. I think we need to go to a question. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. okay, today's question. <laughs> I've heard so much about manifesting. Is it really possible to manifest your perfect relationship? Oh, God. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Okay, this is wonderful. Um, so, this is another popularized um, topic, isn't it? Manifestation. It is, and I think that I think you and I might be on a similar vein here. And I, I'm going to get back to like, so what do you mean by manifesting? And I think that's where, like, what is manifesting exactly? Well, so in terms of manifesting, it's where we we really want to try and kind of conjure up this future vision. We are. We'll get really kind of clear and specific about what we want out of life, which is often easier said than done. And um, and then if we're going to manifest it, we want to be as clear as possible in the description. So the belief is that if you um, are really, really clear about what you want and you get really specific on what that looks like and uh, time frames and all of those things, that the universe will help to deliver the things that you're asking for. 
Now, that doesn't mean to say that we can just ask the universe for stuff and it just comes. Mm. Although I have been manifesting £500,000 check yes. coming through my door. Yes, and it you still have. hasn't arrived yet. I, so that's you, proof that... But you haven't stopped. ...doesn't always work, right? But anyway. Never stop trying. But, it, it, you know, we, we do still have to take action when we're manifesting. I think this is the thing that people mm. often kind of forget. Because <laughs> we want an easy life, right? So we want to be able to... Um, we want to be able to outsource the delivery of our happiness yes. to somebody else. Yes. So we're kind of asking the universe to, to go ahead and do this for us instead. But the reality is we do have to take some action. But the view is that the more aligned you are to the future that you want and the more you can describe that and visualize it and... Um, and share it with others and talk about actually the more open you'll be to receiving that because you are you know you're, you're more on the lookout for things so it's mm. a bit like you know if you ever buy kind of like a new car and you had never seen that model of car really on the road you'd never spotted it but then you start to drive this model and suddenly you think oh my god they're everywhere ah. but now, nothing's changed in reality unless there's some kind of, you know, super boom in a particular model. Generally, there's nothing that's changed other than the fact that your your lens is more open to it. Mm. So, and it's the same with kind of when we think about relationships and wanting to manifest a relationship, we, we know that we have to be open to love. And if we're not open to love, we're closed off to love. Mm. And we'll have these kind of invisible barriers and walls that go up around us where somebody else will get a sense of the approach us actually, you know, I'm not going to approach that person. They don't seem very approachable. Mm. So you're not going to be open to some of those um, experiences where you're more likely to meet somebody or create a kind of, you know, a positive connection mm -hmm. that you can then develop further. Mm. Is that a really long window? No, answer I'm hearing. Question? <laughs> no, I'm listening. That's, that's my yeah. views anyway. I don't know. I'm not an expert on manifestation, I have to say, but that's kind of my take on it. Oh, and I think that in the common use of it, that's exactly what it is. I think mm. for me, I think um, there's one thing about just sort of being open to it and manifesting and thinking about it a lot. Like a lot of the time, your yeah. thoughts dictate your feelings, dictate your actions, and that's fine. The, I think the yeah. thing, though, is um, the thing that really gets us in the way of the relationship that we want is actually our steadfast belief that we don't deserve it. And if you mm. say like, oh, no, I believe I deserve it, I'm like, well, there are unconscious messages that are sabotaging, I'm going to say me and most people every day, um, mm. that is based on the beliefs that we have about who we are and what we deserve and that worthiness of yeah. unconditional love. So the manifesting is one thing, but it also, it has to be accompanied by looking for those messages, those, those quiet mm. messages that mean that when I meet somebody who's really nice and treats me well, that I'm not going to be immediately turned off by them and then going to mm. want to go find a bad boy who will trash my heart around, right? Like that, yeah. that behavior of mine of like always going after guys who don't want me back, avoidant types, that is coming from a fundamental belief that I don't deserve the relationship mm. of my dreams. So yeah, that's where like the manifesting, like manifesting can include that, but I, I could journal 500 times a day and be like, I want a guy to do whatever, but <laughs> I have to do the hard work of dismantling the blocks. Yeah. And that's the hard part. So how do we, how do we think about the manifesting with the hard work, not the easy manifesting with fancy journals, like not, to, not to shit on fancy journals, but I'm just saying. I was going to say, Hey, Hey, don't be dissing a journal. I know you are a journal girl. <laughs> you do like a good journal. I do like a good journal every so often I buy a new one. Yes. And you have several journals for several different purposes. I do. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. <laughs> So but how do you get on to yourself? 
So I think you're right. It is about um, we have to be being open and being ready for love does involve us saying, yep, yeah, do you know what? I am I am worth some, you know, I am worth meeting somebody, somebody I've got a lot to offer. I've got some, you know, I, I've, I'm a great catch. I've got the things that are going to make a relationship good. And I know that. So we can use journal to reflect on some of those points. Yes, correct, correct. Preferably a fancy, <laughs> pretty doing, one. Yeah, but you, you know, it comes to, to a lot of things. It's about how do I talk to myself? Who do I surround myself with? Mm. Um, where, how am I bringing joy into my own life? Mm. How am I getting in touch with who I am and challenging some of the areas of my own personality that I maybe don't like but at the same time simultaneously really looking at my strengths and what it is that I've got to offer and where I do, where I do really well in because mm. we've got so many more strengths generally than we have negative points mm. but yet we'll focus on all of those negative issues so so there is a level of that as well as then really thinking about the the relationship that I want in the future. Mm, Who mm. would that be with? How would they treat me? What would we do? How would we spend my time? Would we have children? Would we not have children? Would we mm. want to live together? Would we not want to live together? It doesn't matter what, what career this person does. Um, you know, all of those things, because some of those things can have a big impact, mm, you know, right. in in the relationship and achieving some of the things, you know, going back to kind of surgery, if somebody's a surgeon, chances are they're going to be, you know, working really hard in their field to try and excel because they're going to be kind of really passionate about about the job that they're doing. And they're going to be doing, putting in some hours yeah. in order to get there, right? Yeah. Like we know people who, junior doctors, they work ridiculous hours, yeah. right? So you yeah. must know this from your training. So if I'm somebody who really enjoys spending my time with my partner at the weekend or in an evening and that's really important to me I probably don't want to be dating a neurosurgeon mm. so sometimes some of those other aspects which we might see as quite superficial can actually play an important part oh, in the relationship you've got it absolutely yeah good point the thing I picked up quite strongly from that question is manifesting the perfect relationship ah good catch good catch all right what are you thinking the, and well that just worries me because there isn't a perfect relationship and if we're going into it thinking you know it's it's all well and good to have a desired picture about the relationship that we want in the future and it's good to know your boundaries and what my kind of hard hard yeses and hard no's are and the lines and all the rest of it but at the end of the day relationships are still messy and complicated and different and mm. it's never going to be perfect I don't know I get that's just kind of a bit of a warning to me mm. a bit of a red warning there about expectations and if I'm expecting it to be perfect all the time mm -hmm. I'm always going to be disappointed yes oh and heck yes and there is no such thing as perfect I mean you're mm. right like and and it's also outsourcing that that per, like that I don't have to show up that there is yeah. you know it's never been me that's the problem it's just been the relationship that's not been perfect and once I find the perfect yeah. relationship all of the road then bumps will go away yeah. but we yeah. can't escape ourselves we're always present and yeah. guess who's always like making mistakes and doing things you know <laughs> guess who could always improve is ourselves that's the thing is like taking more than zero percent responsibility is us so. Yeah, it's just a bit of a, it's a bit of a kind of watch point, isn't it? Just be, we've got this kind of desire and, and it's great. And it's, you know, we really should be clear about what we want because most of us aren't. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm not knocking kind of the aspect of it, but I think just be careful. Yeah. And, and what you're looking for is you're looking for a person that, that where the circle of us, the, the us that you create together has enough of alignment with your values and their values and that they're mm. sort of, you're pointed sort of in the same, in the kind of a, in a synergistic or a, you know, a, 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 in a direction that, you know, suits both you guys, um, where both of you are in it to win it with, with hard work and a reconciliation of, you know, you're on to each other and you're on to our, your, yourselves. And that it's good enough and the, the, the foundation is strong enough, but there could be a, it could be a huge reno job. The kitchen might need to be totally like the cabinets might suck. You might have to like, you know, even fix the roof, maybe some big projects in that. But if the bones mm. of that house are good, oh my God, I'm always talking about this, that, but that's <laughs> the only thing you're looking at. You can't find a perfect house. There's always going to be something and you don't want to find out after you've closed the sale, right? You want to, you know, you want to know like, it's a wonderful question to ask, like, how are you going to fuck this relationship up? <laughs> how am I going to fuck this relationship up? Like, what are my tendencies yeah. that I have to watch for? Yeah. And let's put those in the front and center of the room so that we know what to work on, right? Not like, I'm the perfect yeah, exactly. partner. I'm going to be on best behavior all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's too true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well. Yeah. So. I feel like we Manifest away. <laughs> manifest away with the... Uh, um, with hard work and intention yeah. and consciousness. Mm. Yeah. Gosh, the sirens always come up. Now it's the sirens of Athens. They always come up to punctuate <laughs> an important point. <laughs> oh my God, they now do. it's the fire they trucks. Do. Holy crap. Well, I don't know what's going on. Anyways. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did I leave a stove on? I can't remember. Anyways. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <I> hope not. <laughs> oh gosh. Well. All right. So you're fired up and ready to go. Yes, indeed. Indeed. I'm I'm looking forward to treading into the summer with some, yeah, it's going to be the, uh, a summer of um, experimentation and freedom and such. So for everybody mm. out there who's joining me in this quest to, um, you know, do the work to be a better partner and lover and friend and, you know, just, you know, have a summer of renaissance and relationship. Join me. <laughs> Come along. <laughs> oh. Well, it's a nice time to just enjoy some moments, I think, with your relationship, whether that's exploring new relationships or your existing relationship. It's a nice time to you've got a bit more energy, I think, in the summer. So it's a good time to to face up to a few things. You've got it. You've got it. Nice. Alrighty. I think we're uh ready to call the night and you to get to your dinner and uh yeah absolutely lots of things to be excited okay. about all right till next time till next time so that's it for another week of geordie lass and doc sass we hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover if you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.